Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host Paige and you are listening to episode number 36. I'm so stoked to share my conversation with my friend Maddie Reimer who inspires me with her style and her motherhood and just her creativity and heart for people. But before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know something very, very exciting is happening in our family. And my husband, John, has decided to start his marriage and family coaching business. So he is really excited to help clients manage stress, build relationships, and process their emotions. You guys have probably heard me talk about his grad school experience and past shows, and he is truly just so excited to really help clients in a new way and apply what he's learned in a coaching setting. So maybe you are a new mom who is wanting to process your birth experience and is in the thick of postpartum. Maybe your husband is interested in having a guy who he can process his emotions with, or maybe he's experiencing some work stress or a big life transition, or maybe you and your spouse are looking for just some support in your marriage and your parenting. Then I know that my husband, John, would absolutely love to walk alongside of you if any of those things resonate. He can do phone calls and video chats with individuals, couples, and families. So I am truly so excited for him. And I will be having him on the podcast in a few weeks to talk about our light phone experience. If you guys have been following along with me on Instagram and have, I guess, kind of seen what that transition has looked like for our family, we don't have iPhones as our main phones anymore. We use what's called a light phone. And so I've had some questions about that. So you guys will actually get to know my husband, John, a little bit more, but I'm just a proud wife. I'm so excited and he has helped me so much with processing my emotions and is just truly such an amazing husband and I can't wait to see his coaching business thrive. So if this is something you guys are interested in, you can visit jgeidel.com. That's J-G-E-I-D-E-L.com and I will also have that linked in the show notes if you want to get in touch with him about marriage and family coaching. If you are ready to be inspired, keep on listening. Maddie is going to share a little bit about her background as well as what led her to learn more about ethical and sustainable fashion. She really does a deep dive into what the differences are between ethical fashion, sustainable fashion, and then fast fashion. And then we also talk about motherhood and just our desire to be intentional moms. She shares about her experience in the church and kind of what God has been doing in her heart and in her life these past couple of years. Can't wait for you guys to listen. Please, as always, leave a rating and a review that is so helpful for the show. And we are trying to hit 100 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts by May, which is coming up this next week. So that would be such a gift to me if you would take a few seconds to do so. I would be so thankful. 
Okay, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Maddie. Maddie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to talk with you this morning. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) We have um, Juliet, who's wiggly and wide awake, who's right next to me. Um, She's usually on all these interviews with me, but most of the time, like on my drive over to the office, she'll like fall asleep. And um, as you can hear, that did not happen today, which is okay. But she just has a lot to say, and we value your voice too, Juliet. Yes. Yes, and amen. <laughs> well, Maddie, I this is just so fun and like surreal that I've gotten to form like a quote-unquote real-life friendship with you because I don't remember how I found your account, but it's been like at least a couple years. Like I remember when you an- announced that you were pregnant with Rosie, and I don't know if that's ever like weird for you to have people say stuff like that, but um, – I just have loved following along with like your fashion and your home and your family and all of the thoughts. So I'm so honored that you're on my show today. So I was wondering if you could start off by just sharing with everyone who you are, your family, what you do, and where you live. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Um, The funny thing about how I found you was... Um, Honest Cotton, do you know that? Yes, you do yes. know that brand. Yes. She reached out to me one day after one of her like shows and she was like, hey, this girl came by and said she knew about me through your Instagram and she bought all these cute dresses. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this person? And then I followed you immediately after that. So <laughs> I'm so glad that this world of like fashion and, and like influencer stuff and nourishment and it's good things is connecting us all together. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I live in Minnesota and I've lived here my entire life and I have a husband and a daughter and my husband works at our church, which has been an interesting journey because I feel like the last few years I've definitely been going through more of like a deconstruction journey in my life. Um, and which has been the most life-changing experience, but um, that's that's who I am. And I work for a nonprofit in St. Paul, Minnesota called Art House North. And my aunt, Sarah Groves, she's a Christian singer songwriter. She and her husband, Troy, own the place. And then I work for them and do like, I help plan the events and like do email lists and social and like do all that. And then I also am helping her with her music career. And she is an incredible artist and has been around for like 20 years. So if you need beautiful, nourishing, life-giving music to listen to that's just real and honest, Sarah Groves, you need to listen to her. She's amazing. So I really love working for them. And then I do content creation and the influencer stuff. And I used to lead worship. I've been leading worship since I was 12. And Maddie, I want to hear your voice. Oh my you gosh. like posted something about that the other day, I think on your story, like a picture of you singing. And I'm like, what? I bet she has like the most angelic voice. I want to hear it. I had no idea since you were 12. Yeah. I mean, it was literally in kids church. There was this random like older lady playing the piano and leading worship songs, you know? And I just came up to her one Sunday and I was like, can I sing with you? And she's like, sure. So then I started singing like harmonies because I would always harmonize to like, you know, Stacey Rico, Barlow Girl, Super Chick, Crystal yes. Myers. Oh, know. Super Chick. Yes. I, was, I like, still love them. I was just listening the other day. And did you did you go through a Zoe Girl phase at all? I know like kind of different. 
Okay, honestly, truthfully, I didn't really go through Zoe Girl phase because a long time ago, my Aunt Sarah was nominated for a Dove Award and it was Best New Artist and it was up against Zoe Girl and a couple other artists and Zoe Girl won. So I think I have this like hidden, like I'm just a little bit salty towards Zoe Girl. <laughs> they they stole it. They stole it. It's fine. I'm not actually salty, but I think like in my childhood, I was like, I can't listen to them. They beat Sarah. Like, yeah. She- that is so funny oh my gosh story but um so I was singing for kids church and then after that I started singing in youth group and then a bunch of guy friends and I created a worship band paradigm worship RIP and we traveled around when I was 16 and like filled up an entire summer of like bookings with all these like youth camps and kids camps and would lead worship and hang out and like we did conferences and stuff so like for like three years I was doing this random worship band thing and it was really fun like a really cool experience and then I was like I'm gonna go to college and become a worship leader and then I lost my voice sophomore year um, and I had a um, cyst on my left vocal cord and I was, it was after a mission trip to Costa Rica where every day for like six days I was singing for like the missions trips things. I'm singing like rolling in the deep by Adele, you know, like, could have had all. and I'm like belting out my voice and five times a day and with no care in the world. And I just kind of like ripped at my voice. I was kind of like the turning point. So I was leading worship for this band, and when I got to college, you know, I said, I'm going to be a worship leader, and it felt like at that time was it was the right decision because that's all I'd known. Like, for me, I grew up in a household where it was more, like, complementarian um, parents, which I love my parents. I love my parents so much. Mom and dad, if you're listening to this, no, I respect you greatly. I'm just sharing my experience. Um, it was more complimentarian where my dad worked and then my mom was a mom, which I'm seeing is literally like the, the biggest job I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. But I didn't value that back then. And I just saw it as like, okay, well, my mom just went to college and then her husband paid for a school and that was it. And now she's a mom and she has all this debt. And so I just thought like, that was the way life went. And I was never driven to really do anything else with my life. I just thought like, oh, this is my calling. These are my gifts. Like I meant to sing, like, this is what God has me doing. And I went to like these conferences where like people told me like, this is what you're going to be doing. And they're like pointing at Kim Walker on the stage. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to be in front of the thousands of people leading them into worship with the presence of the Lord. And I didn't see beyond that. And I think there there probably was that out there, but I just didn't see it because all I'd known was like my calling. And that was like so enmeshed with career in my I, idea of life. And of course, I'm an Enneagram 4, so I romanticize it and see it as like this uh, dream, you know. So um, Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Romanticizing. Last night, I was literally saying to the Lord before I went to bed, I was like, God, you see me. I'm just fantasizing about living in California right now. And I just want that life. And please forgive me and just help me stay grounded where I am right now, because I can see myself like I'm really fantasizing about it and it's not healthy and it's not helping me. (sighs) 
I'm like, okay, God, thank you so much for the Enneagram for showing me that this is something that I personally struggle with. Like, I'm so grateful for the Enneagram. That's a whole other conversation. But so went to college, sophomore year, singing, doing the stuff, find assist in my vocal cords. And it shattered my world because my identity for the last eight years was completely trashed. And I also grew up with Sarah Gold with my influence where I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave worship and sing music like my aunt. And um, I just never like walked into my path of what I needed to do. So once I realized that I couldn't sing, it really left me for a a wild roller coaster ride. And I went through all these different therapies and treatments. And I changed my major to music business because I thought, well, you know, my my voice will heal one day. So I might as well learn the business behind all this stuff and really pursue it and do it and I graduated with music business degree, did great, loved planning events and stuff. And then that's how I ended up getting my job with my aunt and my uncle because they honored that degree because that's what they've been doing for the last 15 years at that point. Yeah. So um, I've just been doing, I had another job after college, but it wasn't like something that I wanted to do. And I got married right out of college, like six months later. And I mean, just like what a wild ride. I'm really trying to learn how to have grace for that past self because I feel like I didn't see any of the real world in front of me and other gifts that I was capable of. And I was so against like all these like quote unquote worldly things that I thought were so toxic to my Christian belief system. But I also had this feeling in me since I was, since I was 12 that like, I don't understand something here like something isn't really connecting for me like I would lead worship and do all these things but like I still would feel like I was missing something to my life and so anyway the last few years of um I would say deconstruction have really taken me to like an amazing place of discovering that God is so spiritual and it's not just this pragmatic utilitarian experience like it is a very intimate mind body spirit experience. And, um, that has carried me into all the things I'm doing now. And that's like my driving force behind everything, because I really value that intentionality, even if I don't do it super well, but I really value intentionality with God and with others and with the things that we do, um, and the products that we use and the way that we live our lives, like it all connects, you know? So like sustainable fashion and eating well and nourishing our bodies and mothering well, and just, it's all connected. So I can't like just talk about an isolated topic, like sustainable fashion or eating well without giving the whole backstory of like, but everything matters and is connected and God is working in it all so powerfully. And that language, um, I didn't understand until I started working for my aunt because she has traveled everywhere to every kind of church playing music over the last 20 years and has experienced it all and has seen God in places that you wouldn't expect to see God and has seen God abused in places that you wouldn't expect. And her language around God and the generativity of it is so, um, so nourishing to me and has radically changed my way of thinking about sustainability and um mindful living yeah thank you so much for just yeah sharing that backstory and that experience and I think I really appreciated what you said about like having grace for 
our past selves because I think it's so easy for all of us to feel that way. I mean, I think like the third episode on this podcast, which I would do quite differently, was like, here's what we would change about our wedding. And now I'm like, why do I even have that as an episode anymore? (laughs) Um, But it's like, yeah, this idea of like, I don't know, I would do a lot of things differently with how I mothered Flora in the first year. And I would do a lot of things differently in, you know, our marriage in that first year. But I think really inviting the Lord in to bring healing and to give us that grace for our past selves is so important because um, I've been thinking lately about this concept of like how easy it is for us to like compartmentalize our lives and whether, I guess it depends on the person, like for some people maybe it is intentional and like a way that we cope with life. And for other people, it's like not intentional, but just how much I want to integrate the Lord into like every aspect of my life. And so like by no means am I doing this well most of the time or like have this figured out, but I've been like trying to challenge myself and think about motherhood as like a creative process. Like I know, I feel like you'll relate to this. I'm an Enneagram three wing four with lots of seven tendencies. I thought I was a seven for a while definitely not at my core, but like it's very important to me that things are fun. Um, And I I really value though like romanticizing individuality and creating beautiful things and thinking about motherhood as like this ultimate form of creativity has been really helpful to not be like a victim to my motherhood and like stuck. Yes. I've seen that in your life. I've seen you do that and it's been very inspiring to me to see that. Like I even seen like little things that you'd create like graphics of when you went grocery shopping or something. And I'm like, Oh, this is so generative. You are creating something out of your everyday life. That is really beautiful. Thank you. That is so meaningful. Um, yeah, just like the other day, Flora was talking about how she had this like owie on her knee right? And I'm like driving, so I can't like kiss it better. And I was like, how can I just not be like, you know, obviously I want to like validate her, be like, I'm sorry that you have this owie. But I was like, how could I like invite God into that? So I just was driving and like just prayed for her knee and like asked God to heal her knee. And I'm like, how could I just, I don't know, integrate and like not be compartmentalizing everything? Like God cares about her knee, you know, and teaching her that. That's kind of an aside, but that's what it made me think of. So thanks oh, for just I totally agree with that. sharing and that. And I do that with Rosie too. Like we always, before we go to bed, I always say like, is there anything you want to talk to Jesus about tonight? And she'll just, with her passy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Cute. My sister-in-law said that last night, my niece prayed for Paigey, Flora, and the monkeys because she had just gone to the zoo. Oh, my heart. Security. It's so cute. I know. Oh, it's beautiful. I was like, I've been frustrated when I see um like parents post photos of their kids and church and the kids are like worshiping like that. And I have like feelings about that because I'm like, oh, this performative thing like is kind of interesting. But then I'm also like, but actually like the kid is just seeing what's going on around them and if we're actually like educating them to like be aware of that presence like that's a really beautiful thing yeah um I don't think always having to post about it is the answer but I think the purity of like 
children at church is really cute. Like I take Rosie to our church for just like the worship time always in the big service. And we just go up to the front because it just feels like we're in our own little world at the front of the room and there's no one like in front of us and Chase is on drums. So we look at Papa playing drums and she'll clap when everyone's clapping and kind of dance. And it's just so free. And I want her to experience that growing up. I want her to experience the presence of God apart from church things or religion. And like, we just talk about Jesus all the time in just random ways. Like, yeah. I love that. Yes. And I think she is going to like, I don't know. I've been thinking about how, um, I feel like I might've talked about this on a past episode. I don't remember which one, but like motherhood is so interesting for so many reasons. But like when your kids are like little, little tiny, it feels like so important and so not important all at the same time, like changing diapers and feeding. And like, you know, they're not necessarily having like, they are, we are conversing with them, but it's not in the way that we think of like conversing as like with another adult and how it can feel. Yeah not important, but also then I think about like people who are like, um, this is an extreme example, but like, um, serial killers. And it's like, I wonder what happened in their upbringing. Like what if their upbringing was different Would that have put them on a different path? And then suddenly everything is so important. So like all of these daily, like little conversations about like owies and food and like going to church, like integrating Jesus into all of that is obviously going to have like a way bigger impact long-term than I think we realize, you know? Yes. Totally agree. I love this. Wow. This is so fun. I love the direction this is going. Okay. So kind of how I found your platform was when I was learning more about ethical fashion, sustainable fashion, um, which in a second I'll have you like kind of define, I guess, for our listeners. And for me, that was like probably when I was a freshman in college. I don't know exactly like my point of entry, but I did beauty pageants in high school. Okay. So we're talking about our high school selves. That was me. Um, I was, there was like it's called Miss Kansas Outstanding Teen, but it's like kind of different. So I just say I was like Miss Teen Kansas or whatever. Oh um, and yeah, I was – you have to like choose a platform of sorts, which is like a cause that you're passionate about and you talk about. And so for me, that was human trafficking, which again, I'm like, how did I even learn about That's that? a Christian girl. I don't even know. I remember I like went to this uh, – meeting in my small town and did this presentation for it's called like the chamber of commerce or whatever maybe every town has that I don't know I think every town has that and I was like literally left my high school over lunch break to go do this presentation to like random adults in my town and I was like human trafficking is happening in our town right now to girls just like me and that's I mean true it's just I don't know true it's yeah, obviously a really like serious thing that I'm not trying to make light of, but it's funny right. picturing my like 15-year-old self doing yes. that. Um, and so I guess for me, like I just kind of had this natural, the segue that felt natural of like, okay, I'm not doing pageants anymore. I'm not like, I guess, fundraising or that's not like my 
thing or focus. Like now I'm in college and how do I just integrate things more? Like this is still a cause I'm passionate about, but what does this look like on a day-to-day life level? Um, And my best friend, Carly Mia, was on episode like number four and she has just been so influential to me in my life for so many reasons. And I remember she was like interested in ethical fashion too. And so that was kind of the thing that we bonded over. Um, Anyways, I would just love to hear kind of how you, I guess, started learning about this. If you could, I guess, even just define too for our listeners, like fast fashion, ethical fashion, some of these like key terms that we'll be talking about today. Awesome. So I had a blog in college called madisonemily.com. Shout out to my aunt Becca for helping me set that up because she is a blogger queen. And this is the season of everyone is having blogs, posting their outfits. Instagram wasn't like a huge thing. Like people still are on Instagram, but like the blog space was where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm over here in, in 2012 making my blog. So I had this blog and I was always posting photos. And me as an Enneagram 4, I'm just so much about like, oh my gosh, I'm realizing this literally right now as I'm saying this, that I was a four also in college. I've always been a four, but I'm seeing this in hindsight. Like I was searching for the meaning of why I'm posting photos of my clothes. I was like, I don't see like a purpose behind this. And I was always wrestling with it. And I, it just felt like this shallow thing. And I was like, what am I trying to do? And I'm try- am I trying to be a model? Am I trying to just like inspire people? Cause that was the thing like, well, I'm here to inspire you, you know, whatever. And I got to this point, um, a couple years later, it was probably like my first year of marriage. I got married in 2014 and I was just, I didn't have the blog going anymore, but I was like, I need, I want an outlet. What do I do? And I started learning about sustainable fashion. Gosh, I don't even know how I started. It just like came into my life somehow. And it just hit me in a really powerful way where I'm like, oh my gosh, people are not being treated well for making these clothes. Like you could go into Forever 21 on the bottom of the bags, it says John through 16. And you're like, why does it say that? But they're also like killing people. They, I, don't quote me on that. <laughs> they're not killing people. They're just like doing things in an unethical way across the seas in order to manufacture clothes that you pay a dollar for. So right. that was really confusing to me at that time. And I was like buying Forever 21 things and like really hustling and trying to get like fashionable clothes at a cheap price. And like, you know, we were all about finding the deal. Like it was all about, oh, TJ Maxx, fourteen ninety nine. That's still my mom to this day. It's still a Midwest thing and even a Christian yes. thing, I think actually about wow. like how thrifty can you be, which – there's so much there. There's so yeah. much there. Yeah. So much there, which being like thrifty and getting like thrifted clothes and vintage and stuff is amazing. Right. Right. But we're, we're talking about like trying to get the cheapest thing at cotton on. No, 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 no. <laughs> or like Zara and Topshop. And like these brands now too are really like trying to up their marketing where they seem more like a better brand. And they're not like, they've just really are not. And I always wrestle with that too for buying clothes for Rosie. I'm like, oh, where do I buy clothes and how do I afford this and all this stuff. Right. Because then there's the conversation of like, well, is debt like, I don't feel like lust is covetousness. Like, is that biblical too? Yeah. So much. (laughs) Right. Yes. So many layers to this. So it found me 
And then we did this event for Art House in like 2017 about creation care, about caring for the planet and like using reusable things and all that stuff. And that kind of just like integrated into that whole ideology for me. And I just started slowly incorporating my life to be a slower way of living. So like buying less. And when I would buy, I would want to buy really nice things. Like I got a really good pair of denim from mother and I don't even know if they were a good brand back then, but I was like, I'm investing in this good kick flare. That's a mid rise that I'm going to have the rest of my life, which I is in a box in my garage right now because I can't get rid of it. (laughs) And I just like try to buy bigger things or just wear what I had and sell a bunch of stuff. And I don't know, like, so anyway, to define the difference between like sustainable fashion, ethical fashion, yada, yada. Sustainable fashion is clothes that are created in um, a way that is taking care of the planet. So <sighs> denim uses so much water in order to process it. And it's like super wasteful for the environment. And then it also like pollutes the water systems in the communities that it is living in. So literally people like in factories that create denim or um, like leather shoes, like a lot of toxins are um, excreted from the factories and really like pollute that those communities. And then um, like textiles that are made from like viscose and polyester and like rayon like that's all plastic and it's not going to degrade on our planet nicely also it doesn't even feel good when you're wearing materials like that like it's this fake material that if you haven't felt like 100% cotton or linen or like a really nice tensile like you you feel those materials and you're like oh it's so soft like whatever but then once you experience like real material you're like wait what is this I'm sleeping in a plastic bag these sheets are just literally polyester like it's I'm sleeping in a plastic bag it's so hot and gross and so um like just noticing buying better material okay so when you buy better materials you are also taking care of the planet in a better way but also like it's endless in the way that things can hurt the planet too because 100% cotton also takes like just so much water in order to process and there's just a lot that goes into clothes production that I just feel like there's no perfect way of doing it (laughs) there's no perfect way and it's always going to hurt the planet in some regard because you're just like trying to farm all these things all the time at such a high capacity that really like slow living and slow manufacturing and like fabrics that are in small businesses and stuff like really seem like the answer but you can't tell like H&M or Zara to like shut down like they also are on the flip side providing jobs for other people in a million different ways so like the whole system is just so messed up and it overwhelms me and I never know the right thing to do and in this age of like cancel culture or whatever like it feels well, I feel like cancel culture also, I'm like kind of been pushing it aside and I'm just like, screw that. I'm canceling cancel culture. And I've just been like trying to see everything as it is truly. And a couple of years ago, I would be very, very strict with some sustainable ethical fashion things. And now I'm a little bit more lenient because I'm just like, there's so much nuance. Right. Um, so ethical fashion is the care for people. So um, for instance, like a factory in Bangladesh um, is going to not operate in the most ethical fashion because like people they're just like not cared for (laughs) 
where you have brands like La the Label who intentionally work so hard with their garment workers around the world and they care for them and they pay them a livable wage in order to supply like food and to so they can like live and take care of their families and that like I just want to support the companies that are doing the doing the good stuff. So like when I do buy clothes, I want it to be a good company. So I don't even think um like everyone has to be buying a, a five hundred dollar sweater from Jenny Kane or a three hundred dollar dress from Law the Label every every week. It's just like buying stuff slower and choosing to be content with what you wear and what you have. And when you do buy stuff, it's just really high quality and you know the source. Like so instead of focusing on all the bad things in this journey, like I've just been really trying to focus more so on, okay, what is the company doing? How are they helping the planet? And I come at it from a more generative mindset in my own shopping habits um, to really find the best solution instead of thinking like, oh, Zara sucks. Like, I just really want to be like, okay, how can I find the best, best way to purchase a, a really cool item and wait for it? And, you know. Yeah. Because then like, would you say, I don't know if you relate to this, but you're probably going to like take better care of that item too. Like, if you stain it, you're going to get the stain out, which I remember you posted something about like, I love wearing white and I'll just get the stains out and it's not a big deal. And I was like, I relate so much. I love wearing white too. Like <laughs> that's like my whole wardrobe. <laughs> if I have multiple white dresses, like I don't care. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's like taking better care of these things rather than like, oh, I just kind of got this for – five dollars at a random fast fashion store and I don't really care if it gets trashed and yeah I think it can be I I love this ties into like even what we were saying earlier Mm kind of as you were reflecting just about like having grace for ourselves and I think especially like so many of our listeners are in their like 20s and 30s and like um just younger like wives and moms and, you know, some people are in school still or like their husbands in grad school or whatever it is. And like, I think we just want to acknowledge, even we were talking before we hit record, like this does not have to be like a legalistic, strict type of process. And it's not, definitely you don't need to like get rid of your whole wardrobe and then just go and like spend hundreds of dollars on these new ethical items. That's not necessarily like the best decision either but I think um there is something too like yeah just being really thoughtful and so if you want to sell or donate like 10 items that you don't wear anymore and then you know maybe for your birthday from like your family just say hey I really have been saving up for like this coat you know would you mind like contributing so I can buy this coat or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's one thing that I feel like I've tried and that's been like really helpful, you know? And a lot of people also see sustainable ethical fashion as like a white privilege type thing. And man, like I can totally see like it can be like that. And I don't like that people in different communities like don't have access to certain things that I want to buy. And like, man, I wrestle with that too, because I don't want to always just be like 
this person who's like, well, you need to buy all these good things, but like, okay, not everyone can do that. So like, I shouldn't be this like hoity-toity high and mighty, like this is the way you need to buy your clothes kind of thing because everyone is at a different level. Everyone's in a different space. Right. And I'm not going to judge someone for their purchases because I know that before uh, like 2018, I was definitely in a place of like, everyone needs to be doing this. Like, mom, what are you buying? Why, why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. But like, I know I need to apologize to my mom too because that we've yeah, had sorry, many mom. conversations like that. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Keep buying your TJ Maxx things. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, and just like other people and even the way I like, I'm sure how I carried myself on social media too. Like, I just feel like the last few years I've been so made so much more aware of that kind of aspect too of like, there's people are in different places and we need to have an open mind for where everyone is at and it's okay (laughs) for them to be in that place and I have to say and be truthful like I'm in the influencer creative like content creator sphere and because of that for my job I get a lot of free clothes okay so like yes I posted about yet another Jenny Kane sweater and but I'm not out here buying thousand dollars worth of Jenny Kane sweaters every month like I'm not doing that so like I also feel like this comparison trap of how like influencers are and how they're represented online to people who aren't influencers like it really seems like well I'm just living the high life I'm spending all this money and I'm able to buy all these clothes I'm this privileged whatever and like no actually like I don't even I don't make that much money (laughs) for like my jobs and then like I just wear clothes from the brands like it's not like I'm out here trying to like represent this glamorous life but social media in the way that it's designed it does that and it makes you like feel like you need to live up to this standard that other people are living and that's just not true and um like even for me like I get a lot of free things but like there's other things that people get that I'm like oh why didn't I get that thing you know and I'm always having to like check my head and my thought process behind things because I'm like okay like we're all in this together we're all working and doing what we need to do to add beauty to the world and where I'm at is in a different place and it's okay and I don't know that's a whole mumbo jumbo of just random thoughts that I've been like really wrestling with and yeah I just like I don't know how to talk about sustainable fashion in like a really healthy way because I'm over here too with like buckets of clothes and I don't know what to do with them and I think also like maybe that influencer content creator sphere is like not a good thing for sustainability like I don't know like because I just have all these things I don't wear because I'm a mom now also and so but also my body's changed so much so I need all these clothes and buckets for me to grab onto for my fluctuating journeys the last few years and beyond so uh-huh. like I also just hold on to things and treasure them and right. I also just love clothes and the art of clothes so do you see how my mind is just like all over the place like I'm constantly judging myself constantly having grace for myself and then also just trying to live in a mindful way for where I'm at but I think the fact that you are asking yourself these questions right is you know, the first like step, you know, that's important. That's like the whole, I guess, point of living intentionally, like Mm -hmm. is not about figuring it out and doing it, but it's like the process of like, I mean, I like think of, um, 
Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Just how David is like asking God, like, show me what I'm not seeing here, you know? And like, I don't know, all of the Psalms is just like this wrestling and it's not like this straightforward linear, like, oh, here's what I learned and now I'm going to do the thing. You know, it's like even within one Psalm, it's like all over the place from like being upset to sad to like, being really excited about life and praising God. And I don't know. I just think asking the questions is so important. And um, yeah, I I think it's going to be so like powerful. And I know you were like sharing about this on Instagram the other day and it was powerful for me to see too um, and to hear you talking about this because I think we know like in the last couple of years, there have been conversations about like influencers and, you know, Instagram and the highlight reel and, you know, all these things. But it's interesting how like deep in our subconscious it is. Like I'm never on there thinking like, um, this person is perfect. I want exactly what they have. They make me discontent with my life. So like if someone would ask me straightforwardly, like, do you struggle with comparison? I would say no. I would be like, I love my life and I, you know, love all these things, which is true. But also I do know that I have had that experience. Like that outfit is so cute. Like I, maybe I should like save up for this thing or that thing. And I think just for any woman who's listening, who has felt this like internal struggle and tension, maybe the message isn't like us telling you, here's what we've learned and go do this thing or here's what you should be doing. But like just knowing that you're not alone in what you're experiencing and this has been like our experiences with social media and fashion and all that. We're all wrestling with it and we're all on a journey and that's life. Right, Life is about hard things and allowing yourself to change and grow through them. And it's not this becoming a polished person. Like I think that's, the crux of our Christian upbringing. I don't know exactly how you were raised, but um, I was raised Assemblies of God and it's so much about like perfection and bootstraps theology. Like you need to do this. You need to do this in order to do this. And it would always be covered with like, well, but, but God loves you and it's all good. And like, there's grace, but actually you still need to make sure you read your Bible every day and you need to pray for this and you need to do this. And it's like, but it was this always like conflicting message. And I think that like really rooted in my self worth and the, the way I like viewed others because I just viewed others so judgy and so like really judged myself because I wasn't in the place that I wanted to be. So like the last few years, I've just been really learning how to just completely let all of that go. I'm still learning that. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I should say the last few years, I have been awakened to the idea of letting it all go and trying to just surrender to the process of life and not just surrender to it, but just like absolutely thrive in that broken space. And like, you're a human. If God wanted you to be perfect, he would make you a God. <laughs> he didn't make us gods. He made us human beings. So why are we always trying to be this perfect Christian and when that's not even what the Bible is about. Like the Bible is about imperfection, but you're also growing and learning in that process. Um, my aunt just suggested this book to me and I just bought it because it looked amazing, but it's called Good Enough by Kate Bowler. And it's a 40 day devotional 
practice. I just bought it. It arrived yesterday. And I'm going to read it with Rosie every morning because it, it's my aunt was saying like it really meshes together well. Like the idea of like you are made perfect and whole and God loves you. You are good enough. And it's also really good to grow and challenge yourself and push yourself and learn more. And like for some of us who get stuck in the process of just, well, I'm good enough as I am and not really like trying, like it's good to have another voice to tell you like, but you can do more. Like you can do this. Like that's how I view God. I always just see God as like, you know what? I love you so much. Let's, let's try this today instead. And like, that's how I talk to Rosie. Like I want Rosie to understand that language and to understand that she is good enough as she is and she doesn't have to be like striving for anything and so with sustainable fashion and intentional living like I'm not very intentional all the time which is hilarious because this last week I started okay so last Sunday I had this idea of starting an Instagram like a mini blog called the nourished gal pal which I didn't have a name for it but I reached out to my friend Chelsea and my friend Sammy and Chelsea had the idea of doing the nourished gal but of course it was taken on Instagram so I was like oh my gosh what about the nourished gal pal because my like catchphrase for myself that I've had the last five years is like I'm a whimsy gal pal and so (laughs) it's like this whimsical gal pal your friend who will talk to you about whatever and um so I started this account and I really want it to be a place where you get to see the process of nourishing our bodies I feel like um, I mean, you've interviewed her, Corey, <laughs> Corey and Noel and Fallon and like Jessica, like all these amazing pro metabolic accounts that we follow, like that are so like rich in content and like helpful things. Like sometimes it feels like oh, they have arrived at this place because they've been doing this for five, six, seven years and they know what to eat and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I need someone like me, though, like what are you eating today, Chelsea? What are you eating today, Sammy? I need you to tell me and like post your foods because the second I see like what you posted, Tara, like you posted your matcha today. Oh my gosh, I'm going to make that too. Like, and it inspires me and ignites me to make those things as well. And just like find that lifestyle more attainable. And if you don't know about pro-metabolic stuff, you have to follow Corey Malloy or Noelle Covery or Fallon and Day it's just amazing. It's a way of living that supports your metabolism and it's super nourishing and wonderful. And you have to listen to Paige's last pod, one few podcasts ago with Corey, because she talked more about it. Um, so I wanted it to be like a community space. So it's not just me posting the content. It's going to be me and a bunch of friends are like running this account to just share what we're doing in our daily life to help inspire other people in the process. Cause we're just like in the journey. We haven't arrived. Okay. Like we're in the journey and I really want other people to feel like they can be in that journey too. So totally. They're a part of the club. That reminds me of like my mom and I will text cause she's super into listening to freely rooted to Corey and Fallon's podcast. And she'll like text me and be like, is this Okay. Like, what do you think right. about this? And we're just kind of like, I don't really remember. Should we go back and like listen to the episode? Like, should we go watch the highlight or whatever? And it is funny because, you know, a huge part of I feel like this movement is like it's not legalistic. So it's not like right. labeling things as bad and good. But also, like, how do you use this information? Like, yes. so I, I really love how 
yeah, you're showing up to like show the process in a way that, like you said, is attainable. Like not all of us, um, and, and this could go for anything, but just kind of going along with what you're saying, like, uh, not everyone has a fridge full of like liver and oysters and raw milk and like, that's okay. Um, even like going back to the clothes thing, like if you have some forever 21 clothes in your closet, like that's fine. Wear it, you know? And, and right. Not making it, um, legalistic, just like asking yourself, how am I consuming this? How is it impacting me? How am I purchasing it? And even another question I would throw in is like, and, and how does Jesus play into all this? You know, like yeah. how yeah. am I inviting him into all of this? And I love what you're talking about with like nourishment. I mean, I feel like this has been a huge conversation for me and my husband that I think I talked about a little bit on Corey's episode number 27, but yeah, like Again, even earlier I was talking about how motherhood can feel like so important and also sometimes not important. And it's the same way with food. You know, like I – we had a streak of time in my marriage where I just like didn't know how and didn't really think it was that important. You know, it was like, oh, if I wait to eat until like 9.30 a.m., like whatever. But like every morning – I was like getting into a minor argument with John. I was like nitpicking about something. And it's like actually feeding our bodies is like one of the most important things we do all day, you know? And so it's so great and I think important that you're starting this account to show the process because we can think of food as like just another thing that we have to do and not that important or we can choose to like take joy and being creative and like figuring out different ways to like feed ourselves and our families well and see that as like a worthy, valid, important thing. So I love, I'm just so excited Mm -hmm. to see what you end up doing with this account. Oh my gosh. And allowing it also to be imperfect. Like I get my sausage from my co-op and it says it's like grass fed and local and all this stuff, but it doesn't really say organic on thing. But I'm also like, but I'm sure it's fine. Like it makes me nervous to like put myself out there. Like, okay, this is the thing that I'm eating and I think it's okay. But I also am just trying to learn with what I have right. and try to just like do this. Because because of cancel culture. I mean, you were talking about cancel culture right. earlier. And oh, what was it? I okay, whenever Juliet was uh, a baby. I mean, she's she's still a baby. But whenever she was a newborn, I posted something on my stories wearing her in my Solly wrap. And I was like, I'm excited to try wearing her more. I didn't wear Flora very much. I was very intimidated. I have watched a lot of videos. I don't feel the most confident, but like I'm trying it. And I had a couple people who are well-meaning, kind. I know them in real life and I love and respect them. Message me like – hey, just letting you know that like her head wasn't like close enough to kiss or something. I think I was like sitting down wearing her in bed for like half an hour and I was just devastated. And it's hard because part of me is like, I want to be humble and I do feel like it is important. Like sometimes I can take on this mindset of like really struggling with constructive criticism and like, I don't want to hear from you. But but then yeah, sometimes it's like, I'm trying to show up in process and now I feel like I can't. So yes, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
wow, this machine that we've created of we have to show up so polished. Like I posted all these pregnancy photos yesterday and like they, a lot of them were photos that I didn't post because I was like, oh my gosh, these aren't like perfect and they don't look like just so like in the moment and then last night I was like oh my gosh I'm just gonna post these they look so great I look amazing isn't it amazing (laughs) how you reflect I know I like see all these photos of myself when we lived in London a couple years ago and I'm like these are the coolest pictures but at the time I was so paralyzed by I was like this is not like my London Pinterest perfect dreams and I posted like so so little and and it's less about like posting and it's honestly okay you and I have talked about this a little bit And it's really interesting because I feel like with social media and posting and I want to come back to what you're saying. I don't – didn't mean to derail you. But like with with like posting on social media and like curating anything – like your home, your wardrobe, your fridge, whatever, I truly feel like it's less about like other people and it is about like my piece. (laughs) And that's like a weird thing to explain to people. I feel like if they don't necessarily understand, like, I don't care. I mean, I guess I do care what other people think. I totally do. But like, I want things to be like beautiful and like in a certain Mm -hmm. way, like for myself. And I know you've talked about this too, right? Oh, Oh, Paige. The hydro flask. That's just what I'm thinking about. Oh my gosh. You're all my close friends. So my close friends got to experience a saga of mine where I lost my fog hydro flask and I spent an entire afternoon child free just wasting my time trying to decide what other color I would get instead and I bought a white one then returned it and then I bought an orange one and I decided like maybe orange is for me all to discover an hour later that I didn't even lose my fog hydro flask and it was just like this whole dramatic thing and that I actually saw like a spiritual experience which is so funny because I was like, I feel like so represented by this purple water bottle that for me to switch to an orange one felt so like, I can't do it. And it didn't even matter what other people thought about this color. It was me. Is this representing me enough? And like, I just don't want to be misrepresented, which I guess that also is tied to what people think of me. Like, I don't want to be misrepresented. I like being represented the way that I put myself out there. And like, Paige, I have to tell you, and everyone listening to this podcast, <laughs> that I am like truly so obsessive about the way that my feed looks. Like, I am not kidding you. If like literally like the tiniest thing is off, I'm like, oh, I have to archive that photo and repost it because that photo was not edited in the right like colors or whatever. And it's something that I truly I don't I don't want to call it a struggle, but it's just something that I I wrestle with because I also just really care about aesthetics like that's my own thing this is my like little sacred space that I get to control and just put out there that always is like perfect and it can be that way and I can make it like that my home is not perfect like everything is a disaster all the time but I have moments in my home that are nice but like overall like I'm not in control and I feel like as a four I I deal with control as like a hard thing that I wrestle with and if I'm able to control my this one little space it feels like a lot of my life is like put together which probably isn't super healthy but that's where I'm at (laughs) yeah I know isn't it interesting this like illusion that we have I feel like 
I relate totally this illusion of control. And I think, wow, yeah, it's, wow. how do we, so like, this is a challenge for like me and you, I guess that we're just hashing out on the show and whoever else wants to join. <laughs> like, how do we, again, everyone thinks about these things. Doesn't other people think this? Yes. Like, it's not just us. No, it can't be. And, and whether, even if Instagram is not your thing, I feel like it's something else. It's something else. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we invite God into that? You know? Well, like, I don't – that's not a question that I guess either of us are going to answer today. I'll just say that. Yeah. But that's a question, like, yeah. with literally anything in life. Like, how do we yeah. invite him in? Because um, it's not necessarily that, like, caring about aesthetics is bad. I think right. that's a gift that he's given you. He mm-hmm. calls us to make things beautiful. Order and beauty, this idea, um, totally not original to me. I uh, kind of picked up on that, I guess, from like Sally Clarkson and The Life-Giving Home. have not finished the book, but it's really good. I love it. Like order, beauty, and belonging is kind of like what she talks about a lot. Um, and yeah, that's like God-given and important, but like how when it's when it's more important than like intimacy with God or like our families, like when it's interrupting like the most important things, I don't know. That's where I feel like I get caught up. Like if I'm being yeah. controlling about, yeah, whatever it is, my home or my wardrobe or um, for me, like everything has to be Either like I let it go and I have grace for myself and things are messy or like everything has to be perfect. And so, yeah, inviting God into that. It's hard. That that statement, I either let everything go and things get messy or it has to be absolutely perfect. That is literally me to a T. Like it's just so real. (laughs) My office is like our dumping space for random stuff and that just everything is just piled in there. Yeah. Or Rosie, poor Rosie. Like I always just put everything on her couch in her room for like what needs to be put away. And I'm like, this is your mess, girl. I'm so sorry. I'm like putting this in your life. And I'm like, "Ah, I need to put away your clothes because it's just a pile. Like I hate that I'm creating these messes. But it is so interesting that Instagram can be this illusion that represents the version of of ourselves that we want to be. Yes. The idealized. The idealized version of who we want to be, not for even representing it to other people, but just for ourselves. Like this helps me find sanity. But then again, I also simultaneous, simultaneously am really like my mind is reeling even more and having more stress because of that space. Mm -hmm. So it's like this, people say catch 22. I have never even read that book, but I just know like, I don't, I didn't read that book in high school. We were supposed to, and I just, I didn't read a lot of those books, but <laughs> Catch 22, where like, it's this beautiful life-giving space, but also is a struggle. Like I've always seen Instagram as um, Mr. Rogers in his documentary. He talks about how he's like really young. It's like in black and white at the beginning of the movie. And he's like, you know, there's this thing called television and there's going to be bad things in this space, but I want to make it life-giving. And I want to put something on there that is hopeful and good and joyful and pure for people because if people are going to use it for bad so how can I use it as a generative thing he didn't say generative but that's my word now so I see Instagram like that for the last like four years that's how I've carried my space like I want it to be a generative place like even with everything that's happening in Ukraine like man 
I am absolutely freaking wrecked by that stuff. Like I'm literally like swearing with Jesus like every other day, like what is going on? Like I'm so angry at it, but I'm not posting about that because it's not generative for me right now to just be angry. And like, how can I take that anger and create something generative from it? The book Art and Faith by Makoto Fujimura blew my mind last year and it has changed. It's changed everything for me um, in the way that I see art and life and even Instagram and beauty. And um, he talks about how beauty is necessary in life. Um, In his other book, Culture Care, (laughs) it's like the precursor before Art and Faith, um, I'm going to share this little tiny story. So him and his wife were really struggling with finances, living in New York a long time ago, and like basically eating tuna every week. And there's this one day where he comes home and his wife walks in the door with flowers. She bought flowers. And he's like, what are you doing? Why why did you buy those? Like, we don't have money. And she's like, we need to feed our souls too. And our souls like need beauty and need to experience something lovely. Um, We can't just live in a pragmatic utilitarian society all the time because beauty is necessary. In Art and Faith, he talked about how when the oil was poured on Jesus's feet, um, the disciples saw that as like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're wasting this thing. And she's like, no, Jesus is like, no, like this is necessary. This is a beautiful act. And like, Makoto's just always like arguing that beauty is as necessary as pragmatical things like those flowers and the food are necessary for us to live to be a fully embodied human that's nourished in every way soul mind body spirit so I just see I carry that a lot in everything and um I think about Instagram in that way a lot and sustainable fashion and motherhood and just try to think of every like little moment of beauty as like a valuable thing. And yeah. Hmm. That is so powerful. I know you shared like snippets from that book, I think on your stories. And so that definitely sounds like one that I would enjoy. And yeah, I think what I just keep coming back to is like asking ourselves these questions um, and and just being aware of like what is most important in our lives. And I think you touched on something really interesting, like how you said that a lot of the stuff happening in Ukraine is like really, you and Jesus are like talking about it and you're having like fiercely honest conversations. And um, I, I love though that I think from what this is actually really funny because I have not met you in real life. So what I've seen is that you have like this really awesome, like in-person community. And I feel like that is like important too, right? Like, um, there was an interview I listened to with Bella Rob Mayo, who was talking about, she was like, I don't want to share hard stuff on Instagram. Like some people do that. That's fine. Like for me, I know it's a highlight reel. I know it's curated and like I want to share the good stuff and I want to wrestle through hard stuff with my in-person people. And like I'm fine with that. I don't feel a need. I don't feel like I'm being inauthentic because I tell people like you're not going to see all the hard stuff on here. Um, And so I think just knowing, again, if you're going to be spending any time on social media at all, yeah, being able to think through these questions with yourself and then also have 
an in-person community of some sort, not saying you have to have this perfect like small group and like whatever. I think I'm in the process of like redefining community and what that looks oh, like. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. 2020. Okay. To talk about community for a second, you can, you can opening a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. So 2020, um, I had a girlfriend message me when the world shut down and she was like, Hey, let's start like a Marco Polo video chat with a couple of girlfriends to just stay in touch during this time as things are locked down. I was like, okay, okay. And just started to value that time of us just like chatting on there about random things all the time. And then me and Chase started a life group at that time in March <laughs> or April. And we were like, let's get together our people who we love, who we've been wanting to get together for a long time, who like, they actually were all from our church at that time. Um, so we did kind of start like a church life group, which we had on zoom. And then we started meeting at the end of the summer together finally. Um, but that's been like a consistent thing that has been a helpful tool. Like, even though like it has been uncomfortable at times where you're just like, oh, this is this forced thing that we're just putting out there. We're doing, we're getting people together and people are talking and gathering and like, even if you have tough moments, that's fine. And I've started like a book club too, a couple times. I've done a, a bunch of book clubs where like I would have people personally over at my home and then I've done a couple virtual ones, which have been awesome too. And just putting yourself out there to be with people is so essential. And seeing that every form of community that comes into your life or that you pursue matters. So like, our like little DMs on Instagram, like I see you as my friend because we dialogue about real things. And like my friend Mariah, um, she lives like an hour away from me, but we have hung out probably literally like twice in our life, but we'll like FaceTime and like talk on Instagram all the time because it's just like, <clears throat> we're, I'm sorry. <clears throat> we'll FaceTime and talk on Instagram all the time with videos and stuff because we're like-minded and there's things that we align in. And like, I've just found value in those relationships. Like I used to think, especially when, when going to a Christian college that like you had to be like in person all the time, in depth, pouring your out, being transparent with one another and so vulnerable, but like, no, actually like there's different friendship menus for every kind of like friendship out there. This is another thing my aunt has taught me that has changed my life. Um, where like, I have a friend who's a little bit more like sensitive. So I know to be more like caring in that asset. And then I have a friend here who doesn't like to talk over phone and text, but when we're in person, like it's, we're the best of friends. And like, there's just different levels of what other people need. And once you notice like, oh, that's just what they need on their friendship menu. <laughs> it's helped me so much to not put so much pressure on people to show up for me. And I've been able to show up for them in ways that they need. And also the Enneagram, like when you know the Enneagram for people too, like it's just amazing. Um, but I've been finding value in community in the smallest of forms and in the biggest of forms. And I just, I just want to like shout that out there. Like everyone needs to know that like your messages with people matter. Like you're talking with people, you're interacting, interacting, and it's just so powerful. So don't degrade small interactions. They are valuable. Yeah. I love that. That turn of phrase friendship menu. That's so cool and awesome. helpful. And I think like redefining community, right? So you're talking about like 
um, these small interactions is like a form of friendship and a form of community. And I don't know if you felt this, but like as a mom, right. And coming out of this like college, like Christian college girl culture where I like had all the time in the world and little to no responsibilities, it was really, really hard for me to be like, what you mean? I can't go to a coffee shop four times a week and sit and talk with my friends for two hours. Like it was really hard for me to like reach a place of acceptance and not be like, you know, yeah, John, watch, watch Flora so I can go do whatever I want. I mean, I think it's important to, um, (laughs) Julia is just jabbering in the background. I don't know if you can hear her. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. To just think about it. And, and give yourself grace, especially like I'm just thinking about the new mom who had a baby in the last six months, year, whatever it is. And you're in the thick of this right now and you miss your old life and you miss your old friends. And like I think that social interaction is like so important, but allow yourself to think about it differently, you know, or like obviously I created this show like I think because of out of that season feeling like there is no one my age who understands. You know, if this is your only point where you feel understood by women who are like in their 20s and walking through the same thing, I hope that's that's my prayer for this. Like if you're in-person community, maybe no one's a mom or maybe all of your mom friends are like 15 years older than you. Like that's valuable too. But I just hope that you find like some understanding and peace here too. So um, oh my gosh, I just want to keep talking about so many different things. I oh, will wrap okay. up here in a second, but just kind of like to summarize um, a little bit. Obviously, we t- <laughs> I know Instagram community right. motherhood. This has been so well, I also good. Wanted to say, on, when I process things on Instagram, like going back to the idea of like sharing harder things on Instagram. When I share hard things on Instagram, it's because I've been processing that with other people prior to posting about it. Wow. So like I'm not just like posting ideas. It's either stuff that I've been ruminating on and like I've talked to the Lord about or I've talked to Chase about. And then I just like, well, like put it together in this little nice paragraph to share like, okay, these are all the things that are in my head that I've been talking about with my friends and Jesus and my husband. And here you go. Like, so I'm very particular about like what I share. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Community. No, I think that's really good because it's like sparking other people to maybe think about things and reflect, but it's not just like this unhelpful word vomit, which I think it can be easy to do, especially if you're like righteously upset about something or if you have some trauma around a topic. Um, yeah, definitely a moment. <laughs> talking to Jesus. Yes. Talking to your spouse or your people is so important. Thanks for saying that. Yeah generative. Yes. Yeah. So I guess, um, kind of to summarize, uh, and if, if we can, if not, that's okay to like kind of wrap this up in a little bow of sorts. Like why is it important as people who would say like are Jesus followers in a relationship with Jesus, like to care about living intentionally, like to care about, I know again, we kind of talked about this earlier, but like the way that they dress and the way that they shop and the way that they eat, like, um, why, why is that important? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't have this phrase perfect, but, um, I think it just matters to Jesus because 
it aligns with the things that Jesus talks about and what Jesus does. Like Jesus is for people and loves people and loves people where they are, where they are. So I see intentional living as, okay, all these decisions I'm making today, are they hurting the planet or are they helping the planet? Are they hurting people or are they helping people? And sometimes I make, I mean, we're not perfect. So I make all the wrong decisions all the time, but, um, that's something that I really think about. And even when I'm trying to work through conflict, like conflict with friends, um, especially there's, there's like things that I've been working through that I've been like, I've been really vulnerable about stuff and haven't been met with that vulnerability on the other side. And instead of lashing out and being like frustrated about it, like I'm just choosing to like love now. And like, I'm really trying to, um, I'd like ask Jesus every day. I'm like, Hey Lord, help me with these relationships that are tougher. And, um, like that's intentionality. That's intentionality of like, I want to care for this person, but I'm really hurt by them. How can I be truthful and share my vulnerability because conflict is necessary in order for for relationships to grow. Um, but then also be really loving because it's not actually loving for me to just keep harboring this, um, this feeling that I've been feeling because like, it just overtakes me every time with like these, this person or these people. Um, and so I'm, I just feel like I'm really trying to be intentional in that way, like with relationships and then with sustainable living and fashion. Like I'm always wrestling with that with like, especially doing influencer and content creation stuff. Like how can I release some of these clothes and give them to people who need them or sell them so I can buy things in order to fix things in my home that are broken or like to paint the outside of my house. Cause I really want to do that. And like, like provide for other ways in my home. Um, Someone who I really admire is on Instagram is like Taylor Ann. Do you follow her? She's lovely. Um, her and her sister, Tara um, J. Dunn, they both just like naturally live a very like thoughtful lifestyle. And like they truly are like that in real life as well, like from conversations that we've had. And I just really admire that. And I, I think to myself every day, I'm like, okay, today is a new day. Like yesterday I was really struggling. Like my mind this whole week has been really reeling and I haven't been able to rest. And today I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to take today as a new day. And how can I be like Jesus and just feel connected to Jesus? I think like the goal of every day is I just want to feel connected to Jesus and like let whatever flow out of that, that needs to flow out of that happen. Um, so for me today, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go on Instagram because yesterday I was just like really struggling with that. And so today I just like need a breath from that. I'm going to be like my friend Paige and just take a break. And like, I'm inspired by all these people in my life. So, um, I think just taking each day as it is and just trying to be like Jesus and asking Jesus to just be there with you. That's intentionality and it matters. Um, I think nourishing your bodies, like just learning what takes care of your mind and body is so important. And Jesus is, Jesus is just like in that. So like, I don't know, I don't think I'm like having to like bring Jesus in. I think more so I'm just always trying to become more aware that Jesus is there already. He's already like, there. He's already, he's already here always. Yeah. And so how can I um, turn my eyes? Like in the story of the burning bush, like Moses 
walks in and it specifically says in the chapter, like he turned his head to look at Jesus. Like he took, he took that step to intentionally look and see what was going on. And I'm like, okay, how can I turn my head to see you, Jesus? Cause I know you're there. And then just accept like, okay, you're here. I'm like with you and you are working through me and everything is fine and I will be okay. Mm, yes. I love that. That is so good. And I think yeah, for anyone listening who's like practically how does this all play out, that is going to be so helpful to just like ask these questions, think these thoughts. Yeah. Asking questions is just all part of intentionality too. Like asking – I ask so many questions of myself and others all the time and just want to be like Jesus in the process. <laughs> so good, Maddie. Oh my gosh. I want to keep talking to you <laughs> for so I long. I think like going through everything. So that was, that was great. Good podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We are going to wrap up with um, a few rapid fire questions that I ask every guest. Um, Okay. So this is really fun. I'm super excited to hear your answer to this one. What are three things that you have been loving? Three things that I've been loving is my raw milk drinks from Noel Covery's story. It just helps me feel so grounded in the morning. Um, Number two, I have been watching this show on HBO. (laughs) I don't really want to promote because it's kind of naughty, but it's like really like helping me see the world in a really interesting way. But it's called Minx and it's not super appropriate, but I've been really loving that show. It's been teaching me some interesting stuff that I've been bringing Jesus into. And then number three, um, I have really been loving my spring playlist. It's just like kind of like 70s tunes mixed with modern fun. And it's just like happy and fun and I've just every day I'm like "Mm, my spring playlist I've got Fleetwood Mac on there and like all the cozy jams yes oh my gosh is your Spotify public can people go find that okay so fun we we love it spring (laughs) that's all it is just spring so I love it thank you how can we as a community be praying for you oh yeah um relationships I'm always just like praying over relationships and next steps in my life I'm always trying to figure out how to be a, a good friend that's hard yeah 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 and where can people find you Maddie oh my gosh well your new website is so cute oh my gosh my new website I re-upped my website that I've had forever and it's fresh maddierimer.com or maddierimer on Instagram there I am those are my places. Wonderful. <laughs> and the Nourished Gal Pal. I'm so excited for that. The Nourished Gal Pal. It's coming. It's coming for you. I hope it nourishes your body and your mind. <laughs> Yay. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was Paige, a joy. Paige, I feel so honored. You are so good at navigating conversation. Oh, hi, Juliet. And navigating having a baby. So you're doing everything amazingly and you really deeply inspire me so this is an honor wow i feel so special on your podcast so thank you so much you are amazing (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of love in a cottage i am so grateful you decided to join us today and i hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged understood and inspired if you like today's show i would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. 
Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. <laughs> we share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might've heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.